All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. And this today is the last session of the year for Heart and Hustle. So excited and I get to have my beautiful, beautiful, creative, oh my God, goddess woman. <laughs> the words, you know, they could keep flowing out of me. Uh, a friend and uh, former client and creatrix and sexy and powerful and... You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> Pamela <laughs> Sue Johnson is with us in the house today. Um, yeah. So, hey, honey, thank you so much for being here. I'm so honored. Thank you for this invitation. I have... Uh, been a fan of yours from a distance for a long time and then got up close to you and now to be invited um, as a guest on your on your podcast awesome thank you so much well and I mean you are you are the epitome of the creatrix you are a woman who has stepped into your beauty and your power and your creativity and you decided not to play small. You decided to just go for it and, but with structure, with guidance, with vision. Uh, I mean, so the best of both worlds, which I think it really does take in this day and age to be an entrepreneur, to be a creator. You have to have the woo and the practical. Yes. Right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? <laughs> well, uh, I am uh, Pamela C. Johnson. I go by Pam or Pamela, and I uh, pronouns her she and her, and badass. <laughs> badass is, is like major, okay. <laughs> and um, I live here in Vancouver, Washington, after having raised my family in Portland, Oregon for over 20 years, which is just a jump over the river. And uh, I was a factory worker uh, in my previous life. I worked at Nabisco where I created, I was a professional Oreo maker. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, I made over 2000 pounds of Oreo dough at a time. And I made other products. I was a factory girl with a blue uniform and then, you know, patch name patch on my shirt. And it was a great job, great union job, but it was a, a job that crushed me. And I recently made a video on my social media about being crushed to life. You know, we talk so much about being crushed to death and, you know, there are little deaths, right? We always have little deaths and then rebirths. And that job crushed me to life because it took a job like that, that was crushing my body and my soul for me to really dial into what do I want to do with my life? What is really real pulsing inside of me? And a friend of mine told me when I got that job, that she, in her spirit, she groaned and said that job, she said this to me, that job is going to crush Pamela. And when oh. I resigned, she told me that story. She didn't tell me that story until I resigned. And when I resigned and she said, shared that with me and I told her, you know, I needed, I needed a crushing. Just like when you um, crush the petals of a rose and it releases, the essence isn't completely released until you crush it. Lemongrass, if you cook with lemongrass to get the best out of lemongrass, what do you gotta do? You gotta pound it, you gotta put friction and pressure. 
And that is exactly what it took for me. Maybe that's not what it takes for other people, but apparently that was the path I needed. I so, needed so what about crushing? I mean, this is going to sound really silly, but you used to make Oreos, help make Oreo cookies. So <laughs> didn't you, didn't we as kids crush the Oreo cookies? Right. And put it in ice cream. Yeah. I mean, so there you go. I am. <laughs> yep. I, I got crushed like an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> Although that didn't necessarily release all the beautiful mm, essences of uh, lemongrass. But <laughs> so, uh, so now I took that leap of faith and, um, and in that job from uh, reflecting, and I've, I've shared with people before that working in the factory for me uh, was kind of like being in a monastery. And if, uh, and I've been to a monastery before and people who live the monastic life live a life of rhythm and repetitiveness. And the repetition is what breeds uh, more, a more meditative reflective state because you're on autopilot yeah. and it serves that, that life of meditation. So when I realized the factory was kind of like a monastery with the repetition of machine and task and what I did, I realized I could really dial in and make that time work for me to reflect and really dial into what do I want to do with this life? And, and I realized I was in a chronic state of dissatisfaction and not all my coworkers were uh, when I would take note of who's thriving here and who's not. And, uh, and not to compare myself, but just doing my research, paying attention and realizing I'm not thriving in this place. And yeah. Am I just going to sell my vitality to the highest bidder? Because I made bank. I made, I had golden handcuffs syndrome. The money was so good. The retention rate at that factory was 92% because the money is good. And, uh, but how much is my life worth and how much is my vitality worth? And, uh, and, uh, and as I was coming into that crossroads and all the anxiety, that's when I remembered this crazy woman uh, uh, when I went to her retreat two years prior, two years, you know, the seeds were planted because that crazy woman, which of course was you, <laughs> you had the audacity to say things like design the life you want to live. <laughs> and I told you later, I told you later that I thought that was the voice of privilege and I rejected it. Um, not realizing that no matter what your station in life is, no matter what your state of being is, no matter what your income, your nationality, at all, anything, uh, we do choose. I mean, there's some cards some of us are dealt that we don't get to change, but there's a whole bunch of cards we can change. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up really leaning into what kind of life could I have? And I reached out to you and I've told people just yesterday, I had a visitor here and I was telling her this story that, you know, I would have figured it out on my own and I would have, you know, I possess all the wisdom I need for my life, but by um, hiring you and inviting you to guide me and provide guidance, it was like going into a wilderness I was unfamiliar with, but you had some familiarity with because you have been leading and guiding women like me for a long time. You have a very proven track record and I had that confidence that uh, that it would I would just get through it a bit easier, and uh, and I did. And you have made a lasting positive impact on my life. And you're a part of my story. When people want to want me to walk them through it, uh, because to be a full time professional artist and creative entrepreneur despite a pandemic and still be standing and thriving <laughs> and flourishing, like I am, there's lots of people who are like, how did you pull this off? 
you know, there's a, there's a kind of mystique to when someone decide, and I'm a single woman, I'm a single income woman. I don't have a partner that this is like my side thing and it's okay mm -hmm. if I make it or right. don't. This right. is how I pay my bills and, uh, and take care of all the things. And so people are intrigued, you know, how did you pull this off? And so I love getting to share my story and inspire other people. And you are a part of that story, Paulette. And that's such an honor for me. And so, I mean, I, every day when I see you post and see your work, I mean, your, first of all, your work is fucking off the wall and you know, or on the wall. <laughs> well, and you know, and becoming a, if I knew then when you and I talked and some of the questions you asked me, I've passed on to other people. Um, and they were simple questions, but they were incisive. Like when I, when I was, of course, the thing I was most scared of was letting go of that financial security. I tell people openly that my last W-2 was $72,000. And now I'm going to think about walking away into um, uncertain everything, everything. I mean, that's crazy talk. And I said to you, it feels reckless. Like what I'm doing is really reckless. And you, you said to me, sometimes you have to be reckless. Sometimes you have to make new decisions to get new outcomes. And I hang on to that because I um, continue to make reckless decisions <laughs> from time to time uh, because that's what's moving me forward. And since I've embraced this lifestyle and calling as a full-time creative entrepreneur, I've come to learn that it is. It's just a series of leaps of faith over and over and over and over well, and over again. You know, again. I mean, some people would call it reckless. I call it. I mean, and, and you're so hooked in, you're so connected. It's intuitive wisdom, it's gut feeling, it's desire. Nothing is forever. Right. What's the worst that can happen, right? How many times have I said that to you? What's the worst that can happen? And um, you have embraced that and trusted yourself. And I see you and I see you mixing business with creativity and structure with improvisation and flow. Um, and you are allowing yourself to receive and you're putting yourself out there, uh, which is what it takes. It's, it's, we're human. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to share this passion. Right. And you have so much heart and so much soul in your art and you want to share it. It's not, it's not about you. It's about sharing this beautiful vision that you have. Right. And being of service to others. And that I believe that the kind of art that I impart is art that elevates. And I often put words on my art that are affirming. Yeah. I've had it. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool when somebody views my art and they start crying because there's a, a measure, and I recognize it, I've seen it so many times now that there's a measure of healing and release mm. because they're, um, all art tells a story. And so the story in my art is my own journey of, you know, self-love and compassion and body love, big one, big one, big one. Uh, you were a catalyst in my life with that and my journey of body love. And that's reflected in the kind of art that I make and the stories I get to share with patrons and students. I make art, I teach art. And, uh, and I think of you every single time now, because recently I started saying, 
I make art, I teach art, but really, <laughs> I, sell, I sell art. I'm an art seller and that's a different mindset. And when that clicked for me, um, just earlier this year, you know, I've been doing this now. I gave my resignation on April Fool's Day of 2019. And I wrote on my social media, I would be a fool if I did not pursue that, which pulses inside of me. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's ugh. right. And, oh. uh, and, and now um, I, I realize, you know, making art, teaching art, I love it, I love it, I love it so much. Um, selling, that's where the business mindset has really clicked in in this past year. And it's a different lane. And, um, and I study, I study from not just motivational speakers, but also business uh, teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I watched a YouTube video the other day on the art of pricing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ask, ask 10 artists how they price their work. You'll get 10 different answers. And didn't but I used I, to tell you to raise your prices? <laughs> and, and that... And what I've learned, uh, it's really common for creatives, as you know, because you work with so many creatives, to underprice ourselves. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I've come to learn. Uh, it took a minute. I wasn't ready three years ago. You know, I had to grow and discover. And pricing is a reflection of what I value that I offer to the world in which I live and move and have my being. And so, my friend, you will be so proud of me because behind me is this big ass commission. And nice. $900 commission. And, but recently, and I'm, and I'm, that's the most expensive commission I've done to date. But then oh. I realized that I have this resistance to going into four figure commission, you know, like I just get stuck right there. But because I've grown now as an entrepreneur, as an artist, as an art maker, as an art seller, I now can pay attention, observe that in myself of, oh, what's going on there? You, you took a long time to get comfortable with the many hundreds. I used to sell my work for less than a hundred. I know you did. And now I've gotten into the many hundreds, many hundreds and ready to go Let's into go the maxi career. hundreds. What's that? Go to the maxi hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the many thousands. The, yes. And so it, and well, it's all a reflection of how you feel about yourself and what yes. you bring. Well, and I mean, I, there definitely is a path. You know, and I, I, you're very wise. I think you're, you're taking your path very wisely. You know, I, I, I still think you could raise your prices, but, um, I am I, good. <laughs> uh, but there was always the saying that someone asked an artist who was in their later years and they said, wow, that's a great piece. How long did that take you to make? And she said, all my life. That's what I say. When somebody says, how long did it take you to make that 57 years? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love it. It's and true. That's what, that's it's true. what we, we women, we entrepreneurs, we creatives, we artists forget. And that's what I'm always telling my clients is think about how you got here. But, you know, it's also educating the public mm -hmm. on how to invest in creative work. I had a, um, I had to hire an exterminator um, earlier this year. Ants, the ants were getting getting out of control, and young man, thirties, comes in to my. I live in my art studio, and he comes in. He looks around, and he's you know, and every single person who walks through the door is just like, what? Because I live in my art, and. Uh, and he starts asking me questions and he ends up commissioning me to make a very large painting 
of his favorite anime characters. This guy loves Dragon Ball Z. It's his thing. It's whatever. I've never done art like that before, but I love doing commissions. I love hearing people's story. And, uh, you know, and I'm even trying to talk him out of it. I'm like, dude, you know, you could buy a poster. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he's like, oh, I know I can, but I want original art. And he had never bought original art. He had never even bought original art. And now he was going to commission me for hundreds and hundreds of dollars to make this oversized painting of his favorite characters. And so, so I make, I do it and I nailed it. I was so proud of myself because it's very different. It's like drawing giant cartoons and I did it and I did it well. And when he walked in the studio for the reveal, cause I don't give uh, my clients or patrons uh, progress. They, they have to wait for the reveal. And he walks in and he's wowed and he loves it. He loves it. He loves it. And then he starts telling me that one of his buddies was like, what? You're spending $500 on art? What? And uh, and he's saying, oh, it's worth it. You know, but I could hear his like wobbliness in it. And this is what I said to him. And it took that wobble away instantaneously. And what I said to him was, you know what? Let your friend know that this art is going to outlive both of you. It will still be here. You can pass this art on to your kids. This art will outlive you. And his whole face just went. <laughs> and I love that. As an artist, I can create things that are going to outlive me. Yeah. I love it. I love well, it. I just, I mean, the whole idea of investing in yourself, investing in what you love, investing in your passions, investing in your desires on every level, whether it be personal, you know, like investing in yourself, you know, hiring me to be your coach, investing yeah. in your art supplies or investing in, you know, something that I just bought a freaking new trailer. Old trailer, old new trailer. Right. I mean, right. I invest in the things that bring me pleasure in life, that bring me soul sustenance in life. And that can be visionary. I mean, I've just bought some new art pieces for my wall. I have your beautiful art piece hanging on my wall. It, love it. You know, and investing in what, what are the sensations? Think about that, right? Mm. Vision audio, you know, I listen to the music that rocks my world. Mm -hmm. I taste the foods that bring me delight and nourishment, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about nourishing yourself. And you're so good at that. Hmm. It's been hard won. I was an expert self saboteur for many years. Expert. I could have taught a masterclass <laughs> of sabotage. And now my friend, you're going to love this. I now teach a, a class called Transform Your Inner Critic. Love it. And I can teach it because I've done it. I live it. I'm proof of it. And a lot of that was uh, through discovering self-love mm. and, and body love. I was blown away. You were such a catalyst for me of, of, of loving the body you're in has this ripple effect that is insane. I don't think I could embrace the life I've embraced if I was, if I had not learned how to fall in love with all of me, including my body, including my emotional complexities. Mm. I'm an emotional complex person. Most, a lot of people are, but especially 
I don't know if other creatives, but I know I am. And I felt shame about that. And now to just embrace all of me with love and compassion. So when the hard things happen and they do hard things, of course they happen. Uh, and, it, and it's not always rainbows and fairy dust, but when I fall in the hole, I don't fall as deep and I don't stay as long. Mm. So able to get up, dust myself off <sighs> onward. Well, and that's because you're not playing victim. You're not allowing yourself to wallow in that hole. We all got to go down to go up. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I mean, (laughs) we all got to go down to go up. We can't stay up all the time. Life doesn't happen that way. Right. Right. We can can direct our life as we want it. Um, And one of the things that I have loved about watching your progression, too, is that you, how much you embraced that body love. I mean, you were doing a whole series of nudes and sexual beans and i got one for you i love it it says living unrestrained oh see and and so what did you think so I'll, i'm gonna go backward a little bit so she do you i don't know if you have that postcard uh about the I scars i know which one you're talking about and i do not I have it in my other room. But anyway, she had made a beautiful postcard about me and my beautiful scars. Yeah, see me and my beautiful scars. And so I actually took that into my journaling class. I love that. And we used that as a prompt. And it was, I mean, it was crying, blow your mind off, you know, with what the writers in my journaling class wrote. And I shared some of them with you. And, uh... It's so moving. The original was bought by, you know what? I think I have one on my fridge. Here, give me two okay. seconds. I'm going to run. Okay. I'm running because my fridge is really closed. Yeah. <laughs> so that you're, um, yes, you can see that. So see me in my beautiful scars. That's my postcard. Um, The original was bought by a woman who had um, just recovered from breast cancer. And I make prints and reproductions of of, um, a lot of my artwork and including that one. And it was, I mean, it was intense when this woman bought one of the reproductions and she just burst into tears and she's kind of a tough, you know, got this tomboy vibe. And it turns out she's a Gulf War vet who uh, manages a traumatic brain injury from her service. And uh, she just burst into tears, you know, and started telling me her story. So art as a connecting point Mm -hmm. is very meaningful. And I, and that's where I've really come to learn, you know, I, yes, I make art that flows from my heart, but the point of that is so my art can be of service Mm -hmm. in the world in which I live and not just, self-indulgent creativity which is you know there's a lot of good things about indulging your creative curiosity but ultimately because I'm an art seller I'm a professional full-time artist I want my art to really bring meaning to people's world when they welcome my art into their home or into their offices and recently I made a great connection with a, a mental health um, professional with a therapist mm-hmm. we're going to get together and talk about how can I break into that market mm-hmm. of getting my art into the offices of mental health um, and wellness workers. oh beautiful 
You just keep going. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, I was going to talk about, whew, I got so many things here. Okay. So go back to the idea of art selling. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I see so many of my clients and women in general have such a hard time selling their services or their products. And I learned through some of my coaches to call it heart selling. Hmm, I like that. And because you do need to sell your products, mm -hmm. right? But if you come, especially if you come from um, kind of a, a feminine force, not that masculine uh, force, but to come from the feminine force of yes, I'd love to sell you my art or I'd love to sell you my coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm here to be of service. I'm here to bring you my expertise. I'm here to guide you and to support you and to uplift you. It's not just about, bam, I want you to sell this. I want you to buy this piece. Right. And just what you were saying is, is you make these, these pieces to touch others. Mm -hmm. So, so what do you think for, for Pamela, the woman, <laughs> what, what drives you the most? Oh, um, to be seen and heard through meaningful connection and to inspire and empower wherever I go, whether I work in a factory or, um, I used to work in a hospital no matter where I go, wherever I show up, what um, flows out of me is a need to, um, to connect in meaningful ways and to inspire and empower others. I'm an elevator. I'll walk into a room, into a conversation, into a group and whatever the state is, if it's at a four, I'll bring it to a five or a six. If you're an 11, I'll push you to a 12 <laughs> or a 13. I'm an elevator. By just, that's just how I am. I love to inspire. And the word inspire means to inflame or mm. breathe upon. Yeah. And I, I love to start the fires. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that's so awesome. Okay, so what do you do? Because I always have to bring it around to self-care. So what do you do for yourself to take care of yourself so that you can create? Well, first of all, as an art maker, I love... I legit love making art. And, uh, and when I sit down and I make art, a lot of times I am thinking, you know, what I want to make and that it will come out pleasing enough that I'm willing to sell it as well as create reproductions from it. Um, having said that, I also need to keep space where I'm creating that has that is completely disconnected from commerce. And that is where I've really, really become into my art journals I always have art journals in the house. Um, I also have these um, art sketchbooks, as I call them, where it's just mess around art. Um, that was mess around art. I wasn't even ah. trying to make anything. And a lot of times <laughs> in that free flow state of messing around, magic happens. And so part, a big part of my self-care is making sure that, um, and I do, that I have creativity, times of creating for the sake of creating in a messy way that doesn't have to have any thought about, is this something I can sell? Uh, as much as I love selling, 
Um, also nature, I'm a forest girl. In fact, I, you know, this is busy season as an art seller and I just booked a lakefront cabin 90 minutes from me on January 3rd <laughs> for three days. And uh, so that's a big part of my self-care is making sure I get time in the woods and, uh, and spending time with friends and people who I love and who there's mutual nourishment. Um, what I've come to discover just recently, I had this um, insight that because I love what I do, you're, I know you're going to relate to this because I love, love, love what I do. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel depleting. Mm -hmm. And so I can push myself to stay up till two o'clock in the morning and do the things and then get up in the morning and jump right back in because it is so nourishing to me and fulfilling and fuels me, but I can become consumed and swallowed up by all that fire and passion that I carry of being a creative woman. So I'm learning, um, you said to me, <laughs> when, the, when I first hired you, our very first meeting, you said to me, your calendar is your boss. <laughs> and I took that to heart. I want you to know that my calendar is my boss. I will literally schedule time with friends. Like I will, I will, right? I mean, I schedule uh, gardening time. I schedule, you know, time in the woods. I schedule time for uh, just downtime, pajama day. I scheduled a pajama day a few weeks ago because I haven't had one in a long time. I really suck at pajama days. I didn't do very good. I couldn't stay in my pajamas. I didn't feel right, but I was, I really made an effort to just have a low key day. But my low key is because I'm a woman who moves in tremendous energy my low key is dialing me down, but it, I'm never a zero. It's the only time I'm a zero is if I'm not well, which is rare. And so I've come to recognize that because I'm high energy and vision and I'm going all the time that I have to really um, not neglect those key relationships that are important to me and spending time with people who love me and I love them. And also not talking their ear off all the time about my art this and my art that. <laughs> You know, but really hold space for my friends to talk about all the things. And so self-care, I'm, I'm pretty, I also have a, a, a practice of journaling. I journal almost every single morning. I either do, uh, I have regular journals, you know, where I'm just writing, um, but I also have my art journal. So I do one or the other almost every single day, almost. It's a, it's a practice and a value in my life. Yeah. So those are just some simple ways. And also I take my supplements. I just started taking Shisandra and Lion's Mane because those are good for vitality and, uh, and helping keep anxiety low because I'm prone to anxiety. So those things. And also I, uh, for me, I had to eliminate alcohol from my life because me and al alcohol is a way that I will sabotage my life. And so for me, self-care means living an alcohol-free life. And I've made that decision. And I think that's another reason my art and I, that, is, that I'm producing so much is because, because of eliminating alcohol from my life. It's a big one. So Beautiful. Congratulations on that. Yeah. And all of that, all of that. I mean, you're so conscious and aware on what you need and what feeds you and what nourishes you so that you can keep moving. Yeah. I, I am a woman in perpetual motion. <laughs> a, friend, a friend of mine, 
um, our mutual friend, Teresa Pridemore, uh-huh. she, pulled, she pulled an Oracle card for me one time and it was shark. And I was just like, right away, like, oh, I'm not a shark. I'm not a predator. And then from the card, I learned that sharks are creatures that are in perpetual motion, that even when they sleep, their tail still moves because that's what serves the mechanics of their body. The way their body is engineered, a shark for its own uh, thriving needs to be in perpetual motion. And I, and it was so, um, sometimes I have felt ashamed, you know, of being that, that person who does a lot, who does a lot. Cause I, I have lots of friends and I love my friends, but you could put two or my two or three of my friends together and I'm still running you know, way ahead of them. And sometimes I have felt shame about that, that I do, am I the woman who does too much? And I have been, am I the woman who's trying to outrun trauma with distraction? Been there, done that. But at the end of the day, as I've decluttered those things and discovered that I am just a woman who loves to live my life as full as I possibly can. And this is what it looks like for me. Right. And to compare my state of energy or what I do. And, you know, it's, everybody's different. I met a woman the other day. She's two of me put together. <laughs> two, of oh. two of me. She, oh. does, she, she loves what she does. She's very successful and passionate of what, about what she does. Two of me put together. <laughs> I told her we're going to hang out. <laughs> That's, that could be exhausting <laughs> in a beautiful way, in a beautiful, beautiful, inspired way. That's great. Well, and I love that. But you know, what's so good is that you know all this about yourself and you know when you do need to have that pajama day, even though you're not very good at it, <laughs> you know, and of course I would advise you to be conscious of all of that. Uh, but, but I mean, you know, when you're on fire, you're on fire. When, yes. when it's flowing through you, uh, allowing yourself to be that open receptacle to allow it to come through you. And sometimes there's days when it doesn't come through you. Like I had a really great writing morning this morning mm-hmm. and it was just coming through me, you know, and that doesn't happen all the time and that's okay. Um, so that's beautiful. And I just, again, I love how you mix I mean, you have some really great hero's journeys in there. Like what you were just talking about. That could be a whole nother course, just saying. Uh, (laughs) But um, mixing the business with the creative genius um, and taking the time to learn the steps, to do the work, to calendar it up. I mean, that's so, so important to be successful to live the life of your desires and your dreams. Which is what success is. It's not a number. Right. What is it? And it's custom to each person. What does it look like to me will look different than what it looks like to you. And it may, and that will evolve and change and shift right now. I feel very successful because I'm managing to be, to live my life centered on creativity and community and connecting to nature. And those were my goals Mm -hmm. when I left the factory was to create a life centered on creativity, community and connecting to nature. And every morning when I wake up and I'm in this studio that I live in, this one bedroom cottage that I was able to create, it's it's, um, next door to my main house and people rent my main house. 
And every day I wake up and I'm surrounded by my art, surrounded. I go to bed with paint on my fingers many times. And community, people love students. Developing relationships with students is incredibly meaningful. I knew I could teach. I didn't know. I didn't know I could teach as well as I do. Apparently, I'm really, really good at it. And the relationships with students as they share their stories and then they come to the studio, they come to see me, they come to look at art or buy art. So this wonderful community is developing for me uh, with patrons where patrons become friends and friends become patrons and students and it all swirls together. And now um, I had started to do a little bit of art fairs in 2019. That was my first summer. And then of course, 2020 hit, everything shut down. So I'm only just now starting to get back into art fairs and I have one tonight, as a matter of fact, and I'm learning when I'm in the public and I get to basically create a pop-up art gallery. It's very cool to receive people's response to my art, but it's really, really extra cool to have connection with people and, uh, and whether they buy something or not. I mean, of course it's great, earn my money, absolutely. But I'm also cultivating connection and that, I love it. I love it. I never feel depleted ever. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think everybody's art form, you know, even as a dancer, I mean, the dance was a beautiful thing, but it was still about the connection. Mm -hmm. Um, And I too love people's stories, which is why I do this show, because I love to share people's stories with other people for, for curiosity, for inspiration, for enlightenment for the wow factor, for wherever it goes, right? It's so cool. I love your story. And to see you move through all these phases and keep keep growing and blossoming and and enlightening others and being prosperous and abundant and making a life for yourself, you know, is just incredible. Everybody's story. I feel charmed. I feel so charmed. I went to, um, last story, I uh, went to an art fair late summer in a small town here in Washington called uh, El Waco. It's uh, it was after I saw you, as a matter of fact, in uh, at Fort Stevens. Uh, there was a little art fair in El Waco, and I noticed this artist, this older man, and I watched him just sell, like one after another, in a matter of minutes. And I started asking him questions about his art. I did not reveal that I was an artist until the very end of our conversation. And then I gave him one of those, I gave him that postcard um, that we just were looking at, the one with the scars. Uh huh. I gave him one of those and he lit up. And then I asked him, can I reach out to you? And I ended up uh, several weeks later, I drove an hour and a half to where he lives to take him out to lunch. He's 72 years old. He's been a pro artist and selling for going on 50 years. And he didn't ask me about my art process. He didn't ask me, did I go to art school? He didn't ask me for any credentials. All he wanted to know was, how are you displaying your art and where are you showing it? (laughs) Right away, I was like, oh, what do you mean? Where am I showing it? Like, you know, and he said, are you doing any art shows? No. And he said to me, it it was a life changing encounter and conversation. He said to me, we are artists, we are in show business. We are meant to show our art. 
get your art out there. And he changed my life. And I, since then, I've done three art shows since that conversation, three art shows. And one of those art shows, Paulette, I was clocking 200 an hour in sales. So money's good, can be good. And the connection and meeting people and attracting new opportunities. And, uh, and he's right, you know, uh, getting, I'm, we are in show business. We're meant to show and display and, uh, mm-hmm. and give people an opportunity to be inspired and connect uh, yeah. to what we offer. So, Love it. Oh. so I feel very charmed that I, you know, attracted that kind of encounter. And I did, I attracted that encounter into my life because of Absolutely. my energy. Well, yeah. you're a magnet. <laughs> yeah. You know, you raise your vibration. I truly believe that you raise your vibration and you attract who you want to be with, who you want to be around. And you're so open to receive, which is really beautiful. And there's like, there's no ego there. It's just like, I'm here, you wear your heart on your sleeve, you show yourself and I'm here to learn. And, and, and your curiosity is the key right there. Always, always lifelong. My friend Jane's in her seventies. She's a sage woman. And I asked her, Jane, I asked her, do we ever like, uh, you know, get there? And she just busted out laughing. (laughs) There is no there. (laughs) There There is no there. We still experience all the things if we choose to all the things, the the highs and the lows and the in-betweens. And that is life. That is, that is life. So, but I love that my default setting, my life default setting used to be fear, anxiety, and melancholy. And now because there's so much transformation in my life, my default setting is now joy and peace, contentment and fulfillment. Yeah. Big difference. Big, big difference. difference. I had a friend call me um, not too long ago and she's known me my whole life, right? So friends have watched, they've watched this transformation. And she said, Pam, do you not? And I'm 57. And she says, Pam, don't take this the wrong way, but you finally bloomed. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't think you were not blooming before. I think we all bloom in different ways. In different ways. And I think, I I really do think, because I work with so many women in mid-career, that Mm -hmm. there is a difference you reach a point in your life where there is a difference in your desires and your visions and your wisdom. Yeah. I could not have done this no. five, 10, 20 years ago. No, absolutely not. Couldn't, I needed all those years, all of it, every bit of it. Absolutely. What was I doing? So um, another artist, cause I'm just attracting amazing opportunity right now. In the world of art fairs, it's all about your booth. And I attracted another artist who's retiring and he sold me his displays, which over, I mean, thousands of dollars of display equipment for just a handful, just a few hundred dollars. So last night I'm putting it all together, getting my display. What's it gonna look like? How, you know, testing it out because today's the big day for me. And as I'm putting it all together, I realize I'm capable of doing this because I've gone camping and I know how to put a tent together because it's very much like putting a tent together. (laughs) And I just started thinking how every experience in life can really feed and fuel 
other experiences in a way that you don't know until you get there. I mean, all of it, all of it. So true. Yeah. So nothing's wasted ever. True, 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 true. Beautiful. And on that note, my friends out there, did y'all hear that? <laughs> Nothing is wasted. I think that's really important. Uh, it's all part of living. Yeah. No regrets, no um, bad things happen. And of course, we all experience disappointment, traumas, tragedies. Uh, and how shall it then inform how we will live? See yeah. me and my beautiful scars. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Pamela, thank you. This was amazing. Thank you for the work that you bring to the world. Thank you for blossoming into this, this part of your life, which is beautiful. More blossoming to come. More and to everyone out there in Heart and Hustle land, uh, please share your thoughts, comments, uh, connect with Pamela. I will, of course, have all her links for you. Go check out her art. <laughs> and if you're new to Heart and Hustle, please subscribe. Love to have your subscriptions. Uh, I am at www.paulettreesdennis.com. And Heart and Hustle is also um, available on YouTube and SoundCloud and probably a million other places. But... <laughs> I am your transformational lifestyle and business coach for creatives. Love bringing you these beautiful, inspirational conversations and networking so and sharing these great people with all of you. So thank you for being here. Many, many blessings. And until we meet again, mwah. bye. Take care.